Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 291 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the kooky creatrix behind Kick-Ass Switch, Putting the K in Magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode, back on blog talk radio. I can't believe I'm here right now. I literally had no idea if I was going to record an episode for today. I feel extraordinarily overwhelmed, or I did feel extraordinarily overwhelmed after spending a couple weeks being a super duper 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 sick with this weird cold flu thing I had. And then the re-entry, it reminds me of playing double dutch Uh, Have you guys ever done double dutch jump ropes where there's two jump ropes going at the same time and you sit there, you're like with your little hand motion, like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, trying to find the right point to like jump back in. (laughs) It feels like that going into my inbox or trying to catch up with social media messages and comments. And then I have this self uh, shadow love program that I have all the audio to record for. And just thinking about all of it was making me feel kind of panicked and not great. And I went to bed last night thinking like, how am I going to do all of this? How am I going to do all of this? Because I really wanted to launch Shadow Love on Valentine's Day because it's love. It's really about a super deep down depth of love a real wholesome kind of love that comes with spiritual maturity. And I realized as I was falling asleep, I had no idea what I was going to do today. Am I going to record the the audio sessions for Shadow Love? Am I going to like keep my normal schedule and do the podcast? And I have this other video on this self-love spell that I keep trying to record and everything on the universe seems determined to interrupt me. (laughs) What am I going to do? And as I was going to sleep, I thought, what am I doing? What am I doing? Like the theme of the video I keep trying to record, the theme of shadow love is really self-love. This is not a self-loving thing to do, to put this pressure on myself. And so I just got some perspective on it. When I started thinking, like, how would I approach this if I really, really loved myself? If I loved myself and I wanted this to be a joyful process. And it was like, bing, bing, bing. I knew exactly what to do. (laughs) I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep my normal schedule. I have coaching calls coming up this week. I have my podcast to do today. I do want to get that self-love video out. So maybe I'll just post two things today, a podcast and the video. I just recorded it right before I got on here to talk to you now. And I was like, and I can do a pre-launch on Valentine's Day for Shadow Love. And and I wasn't going to do any kind of special promotion for Shadow Love. It was just going to be like, this is how much it costs, period. But I'm like, you know what? I think I'll do like a pre-order special for people on my newsletter list. And so that'll make it special for people that know my work and trust me and want to do the pre-order. They'll get an awesome discount. I can still launch it on Valentine's Day and then the product will release, you know, a week later. I think on the 22nd is starting to look really good to me. And that felt good. I was able to go to sleep and feel very calm and very like, Yes, I love myself. That was a self-loving decision that I made right there. And so here I am doing the podcast. We have a tree trimming situation. We have eucalyptus trees all up and down our street. And they are one by one by one trimming them down for spring. And it's loud. It is. They're louder than the gardeners. It's so loud. And I was trying to record this video yesterday and three hours three hours. Yeah. By the time it took me to make up my face and stand in front of the camera and get the light right and everything, 
three hours of nonsense ensued because of every time I went to do the video, I'd, I'd have like a little pocket of silence. They would start back up. And it's not only loud in the recording, it completely breaks my concentration. So I was very frustrated. <laughs> it felt like I just wasted my time. So this morning I was like, I will beat the tree trimmers because they're out there again. And I got it in the can. I haven't edited it. I haven't looked at it. I don't know if it's any good, but I at least got to record it uninterrupted. So I, I hope it's good. And if it is, I will post that on YouTube later today in time for Valentine's Day, a self-love spell. Having said all of that, this is the final chapter of this epically long Q&A session. This is part five of the Q&A that started in December. And if I get to the end of this and I didn't like read your question out verbatim, it's because I consolidated similar questions. Some questions were like almost eerily exactly the same, which kind of tripped me out. There was a lot of that. And as I was going through the final questions and kind of pasting them into this little PDF here, I was like, weird. I ended up skipping like five questions because they're questions I had answered, but it was five in a row, like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> so there's that. And what am I rambling about? Because it's 1038 right now and I want to get this up by noon. Let's just start. Let's just start. Stop rambling, Joanna. Okay. Happy Tuesday, y'all. Let's get into this. The final Q&A session. I'm actually looking forward to doing something besides the Q&A, so <laughs> I can't wait to find out what I'm going to do next week. <laughs> Maybe I'll find someone to interview. Who knows? Okay. Question number one. What would be your number one tip for bringing magic to your day-to-day -day when everything is busy and hectic? Also, how do you deal with guilt related with taking time to yourself for your rest or development? I struggle with this a lot. So I've been making magic on the go videos on YouTube. And if all goes well, I will be posting the third one today. So th that's my answer to the first part of your question, because I'm really into, I call it witching on the go. I named this series Magic on the Go for people who are freaked out by the word witch. So everybody can benefit from it. Anybody who loves magic. Uh, but there are lots of little ways that you can incorporate magic into your day that don't really take any extra time. So, you know, like if you're taking a shower and you're washing your hair, that's an awesome time to do some releasing work or some forgiveness work. You know, like remember that old, you might not, I don't know how old you are. <laughs> there was an old commercial for a hair dye that used to be like, I'm going to wash that gray right out of my hair. I'm going to wash that gray right out of my hair. Well, you can do that in the shower for yourself while you're washing your hair. You can be like, I'm going to wash that jerk right out of my hair. Or that day right out of my hair or whatever you're trying to release. Like there's lots of little things that you can do the, that way. I like to use mudras, little hand gestures. Uh, I recommend checking out Christopher Pinzak's book, Instant Magic. That's where I originally got the idea. I use the same trigger. It's a little hand gesture called a mudra. I use the same one that I programmed in when I first read that book a bajillion years ago. I still use it to this day, and it's it's become kind of all-purpose. Like anytime I need to slip into a meditative state, anytime I want to call in a little bit of guidance, anytime that I need the one thing that I always joke about, but it's so not a joke because it's true. If I need a parking spot and I'm in a hurry, stuff like that, I pull out this little trigger. So there's lots of little things you can do that way. And then dealing with guilt related to taking time for yourself, for your self-development, that's a whole journey. <laughs> that's a whole self-love journey, and it's a mindset, really. And I guess the journey is in getting to a mindset in which you realize that you can't be there for other people if you're exhausted, if you're anxious. If you have nothing left to give and you try to show up from that place, you can be cranky, irritable, checked out, not fully present. And so a lot of people that have this problem, they're people pleasers. 
or their parents a lot of times, <laughs> or they're both. And so their emphasis is on making sure everybody else's needs get met but their own. So really easy way into this is to start thinking, but I can't really meet their needs. I'm being snappy or snippy or I'm not fully present when my kid walks in the room because I really don't have anything left to give. We are energetic beings. We are physical beings. And on both planes, you have to refuel. You have to refuel. Like you will drop if you don't eat. (laughs) You will drop if you don't sleep. We're like that energetically as well. So self-care in that regard becomes a necessity and it becomes a gift to the other people around you. And so there really is no reason to feel guilty at all. (laughs) Um, But again, that's a journey. That's a journey. And I would just recommend begin moving to that mindset. Remind yourself of that, you know, and remind other people of that. Like I can't, I love you. I can't fully show up for you unless I get some rest or a little bit of quiet time to myself. It's a great thing to teach your kids too if you're a parent because you're modeling that behavior for them so that they learn how to do that for themselves as they get older. Next question, what do you eat in a day? (laughs) Any foods you avoid or any you eat each day? I am such a foodie. I'm such a foodie. The very first program I ever created for Kick-Ass Switch was called Sad to Sexy. And it was all about food. And it was sad, like standard American diet was what the sad stood for. Um, And I switched the name of that as I was recreating the program. And then I ended up not releasing it. The Healing Magic of Food. Um, because I just wasn't in that headspace at the time. So maybe I will in the future. I'm not sure. But yeah, I love food. I love health. A big thing with Sad to Sexy that I, I still adhere to is I really try to eat real food, food for Mother Nature. Real food is food that is not man made, <laughs> it's not like made with chemicals in a factory somewhere. And you want to get as close to nature as possible with your food. Uh, I've gone on many different foodie adventures, I would say. I'm not really a dieter, but I like to try on the different like lifestyles. So I was a raw vegan for quite a while. I was I ate a high raw diet for a while, which was a combination of raw food, um, but then other cooked foods. I ate the paleo diet for a while. I explored the ketogenic diet. I would say the common denominator with all of those is an emphasis on on greens and plants. I eat a lot of that. Uh, and now I would say it was interesting. This is over the course of many years to have the pendulum like swing back and forth between those. I would say I have arrived somewhere in the middle and I feel very good about that and very chill. So like my kid and I will have frozen pizza on the weekends sometimes, which is not healthy. It's like gluten-free, dairy-free frozen pizza. (laughs) Or I'll have a cookie sometimes. Like I'm not as strict as I used to be. You know, it was like everything has to be raw vegan and and no sugar ever. And uh, I don't even have sugar in my house. So that's one thing I I don't eat um, at all. Like I do not have sugar. I haven't had sugar in my house. I can't even remember the last time. Well, well over a decade that I have had like a bag of sugar in my cupboard. <laughs> uh, but I've super chilled out. Like I let my kid have, we have to eat a gluten-free, dairy-free diet, he and I. So paleo, vegan food works out. Paleo works out and vegan works out usually pretty well for us. So we eat a lot of stuff like that. But I let him have like gluten-free cereals sometimes because he's a kid. Well, he's actually adult now, but he's a kid to me (laughs) and he he loves it. Um, So I'm super chill about it. One thing that I never, 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 never go without that I have to have every single day. I'm obsessed with it. It never gets old. Every single day I'm in love with it and I get so much joy from it is my uh, mushroom coffee bulletproof style. I make it, I use Four Sigmatics mushroom coffee. 
and which is a, it's really instant coffee mixed with medicinal mushrooms like chaga, cordyceps, lion's mane, stuff like that. So you get all those crazy, awesome, amazing medicinal benefits of mushrooms. I'm super into mushrooms, period. I think they're just fascinating creatures. They're their own category and highly medicinal, highly deadly, depending on them, highly psychedelic. <laughs> they're just really interesting, fascinating I think of them as like little creatures, but, um, so you get all those health benefits and then I make it bulletproof style, which means I add collagen, gelatin, ghee. Like I like organic grass, grass fed ghee. It's, it just smells so delicious. I always have to take a big sniff and I blend it all up in the blender. I do different variations of it. If you're a vegan and you want to make, a bulletproof coffee. You can use coconut oil a little tiny bit. A little goes a long way because you don't want to get, as Dave Asprey um, has so (laughs) vividly coined the term disaster pants. Too much coconut oil can give you disaster pants, (laughs) especially MCT oil, which is a more concentrated version. But you can use coconut oil. And then now there are, are vegan collagen protein powders that you can put in there and it creates, it makes it like a latte. So that's like the the flavor benefit of it but I like bulletproof coffee and I will never go back because it doesn't give me jitters and it gives me sustained energy throughout the day and I love that like I've had to quit coffee so often like I get really to where I'm drinking a lot of it and then I just feel that like tired but wired feeling I've never had that ever not one time since I started bulletproof coffee and my mushroom coffee situation so it's a mouthful. That's why, like, if you follow me on Twitter, I'll always say, like, my morning brew. I just call it my morning brew because it's, it's like a whole operation. So that's the one thing I can't live without. I really focus on vegetables and, yeah, vegetables. I'm not into food dogma. I get really impatient with people when they try to push their food dogma on other people. That drives me bananas. Speaking of food, (laughs) all right, how do you bring it back to center when everything around you is in a storm? What grounds you in times of need? How do you stay empowered? How can law of attraction be maintained or built upon for those just starting out when doubt gets in the way? That's a lot of questions. Let's see if I can turn that into one question. One thing that I do that I talk about a lot and it's very helpful. It's, I, here's the thing about me. I repeat things all the time because I have my personal little, oh, there's the hummingbird Oh, right outside the window. He's looking at us right now. Oh, he's so cute. Sorry, not to be like squirrel, but squirrel, there's a hummingbird. He's so cute. I love hummingbirds. <laughs> so speaking of being grounded and centered, let's get back to what I was saying. Uh, I repeat myself a lot. Because I have my own little toolbox and people tend to ask me the same questions or they, I, it just comes up when I'm explaining certain um, techniques and things. I'll repeat myself because truly these are the things I've done for years because they work for me. And one of them is I just take my hand and I press it into my chest. Usually that goes with a deep breath. <sighs> because it brings me into the present moment. Pressing my hand against my chest is grounding. It reminds me to come back into my body. It brings me back into my body. Any kind of physical sensation, like you could clasp your hands together in a, in a firm way, that could do it too. But something or a mudra, like I was talking about before, that can bring you back into the present moment. And then maybe you can envision yourself as the eye of the storm, like you're at the calm center and everything is spinning out around you, but you feel calm and grounded in the moment. So I find a physical gesture like that, that that's what, you know, you asked, how do you stay empowered? That's also how I stay empowered. So I don't get, you know, in the eye of the storm, you're very calm. If you step outside of that, you're going to get swept up into the storm and you're spinning around and you're spinning around. You have no control. It's all like, ah, (laughs) that is not an empowered place to be. Your empowerment lies in the moment. Your place of power is in the now. So that really is my trick for doing that. A lot of people meditate because they want to learn how to stay in the now. People have these really elaborate, time-consuming meditation practices that is true commitment. My hat's off to them. I do not. I, I do a mindfulness 
practice where I make like washing the dishes meditative or maybe washing my hair or driving in my car or going on a walk where I just keep kind of emptying my mind and being present to the moment. And more often than not, I'm just relying on like these little physical touchstones like, oh, yes, hello, here I am. (laughs) Just touching your own chest with your hand, like pressing it into your chest can do that. Um. How, okay, hold on. Whoops, I just totally screwed this up. Where is my question? How can law of attraction be maintained or built upon for those just starting out when doubt gets in the way? I mean, the proof the proof is in the pudding. You need, it, the, the momentum is going to happen when you start seeing it pay off. So my recommendation is to start really, really small with the law of attraction. Don't start trying to like manifest your big, 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 big dreams. Don't try to manifest something that seems impossible. Just start looking to play around and stay in what is known as the vortex, which is Stay in a good mood. (laughs) Stay in the flow. See how often you can keep getting back into the flow. And what you will find is that like attracts like. So when you're in the flow, when you're in the proverbial vortex, when you have some momentum on, on feeling joy and feeling good, you will start to notice that it attracts feelings that are in resonance with that, experiences that are in resonance with that, people that are in resonance with that. And you start getting a real working knowledge and understanding of the fact that like attracts like. You're like, holy smokes, (laughs) when I'm like totally on and having an amazing day, awesome things seem to happen. It just seems to have this attractive quality to it. When I'm in a really crappy mood and I'm being super negative and everything sucks and I keep having accidents and mistakes keep happening, it seems to attract more of that. So just start proving to yourself that like attracts like and playing around with it and let it build that way. And then you can go on to like bigger manifestations from there, but just try to manifest a good day and see how it goes <laughs> and then a good week and just, just start small. And there's so much to be said for that too, because it's interesting when you try to manifest something, you're thinking that thing is going to make you feel better. Whatever the thing is, it's a relationship, it's a car, it's a house, it's a vacation, whatever it is, you think it's going to make you feel amazing Well, what you want is to feel amazing. You want to feel good. You want to feel joy. You want to feel freedom. Whatever that is, you can feel that right now. The thing isn't what you need to feel that. All the feelings reside within you, and it's something you can court right now. And so it also creates kind of a spiritual maturing process when you start learning. Everything I need is already within All these other manifestations are wants and desires, and they're fun, and they're playful, and it's all good, but everything I need is actually already within. Okay, next question. When a person is overwhelmed, overwhelm was a big theme with this questionnaire, I have to say, which makes me think there's a lot of parents listening to this show. (laughs) When a person is overwhelmed with to-dos, a messy home, a messy brain, and a lack of confidence... Where should I start to sort things out and live a confident life with faith in myself? Again, I say start teeny, 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 tiny, small, and really consider that how you do anything is how you do everything, and then go pick a drawer, one drawer, one shelf, one tiny little corner of your home, something small, something doable, one box of junk. Take a breath and set the intention that I am now creating clarity and confidence in my life as I organize this box of crap, (laughs) this junk drawer, whatever it is, and sit there and organize the drawer. Put on some awesome music, get the drawer nice and tidy how you like it, throw out the trash that you've accumulated in the drawer, whatever it is. Put it back and really in just feng shui is really interesting and decluttering in particular is fascinating how much control and confidence and clarity comes from just clearing out a drawer. So you have the side benefit of getting some order happening in your messy home, but then you have the energetic benefit of getting some order happening in your in your messy head. 
And the more you do it, the more addictive it becomes and you start realizing that there's power in that and so you want to do more of it. It could be, I mean, some things to me, I don't know if you feel the same way or intimidating if I have like a big stack of mail because my son deals with a lot of different government agencies and stuff. So I've got mail and bills and paperwork and little post-it notes that I need to go through. Like that could can be overwhelming to me sometimes. I have to be like in a super specific kind of mood to wade into those waters. <laughs> so before I do that, I might just be like, but first I will organize this shelf on, my, on in my bookshelf. I will just organize these books. And something about dusting and getting the books all in a row creates momentum. And I feel like, what else can I do? And then maybe I'll attack the papers. So it's like that. Tiny, tiny, tiny little baby steps. You don't Find what works for you and do that too. So if you find that like just dusting or organizing a drawer works, do more of that. Do that, you know, do it. And uh, and then let it lead to other things. Let it lead to the bigger, <laughs> more overwhelming things. But also notice how it clears your mind and um, creates a sense of control. Like I can control this drawer, therefore I can control my life. <laughs> it sounds so so exaggerated and so out there, but there is some truth to it. How you do anything is how you do everything. And organizing your closet can be highly symbolic and it can actually organize your mind at the same time. When a person, is this really happening? Okay, no, that's the same question. I was like, what is happening? We're talking about being overwhelmed again. Oh, gosh. And again, I should mention what I mentioned at the top of the show in reference to that. I was feeling overwhelmed. All that stuff I mentioned to you at the top of the show. And I asked myself, uh, what? how would I do this if I really, really loved myself? What would be a self-loving way to approach that? And it's amazing how the answers come to you when you ask better questions. One question I've been asking a lot this year is, what would this look like if it were easy? Ask yourself questions like that. What would this look like if it were easy when you find yourself getting overwhelmed? Or how would I do this if I did it in a self-loving way? How would I do this if I really loved myself? It's amazing how much clarity comes from just asking a simple question like that. Okay, the next question. I have not figured out how to balance surrender with ambition. I know I can do more with my life regarding career, finances, and helping others, but I also want to surrender to my higher power and be in the present moment. You know, that can be very (laughs) confusing when you first get into like Eastern philosophy and stuff like the law of detachment and things like that, or needing to surrender I think you can have a healthy balance of two and and surrender is not about like not making the effort. It's it's an acceptance of what is. It's surrendering to the present moment and doing what you can in the present moment. So you're like this is what is. This is my reality right now. And this is what I'm capable of achieving right now in this moment. And so you're just coming back. You mentioned the present moment. You just keep coming back to the present moment. You're surrendering to the present moment instead of getting so far ahead of yourself and overwhelmed. There it is again. Um, Coming back to the present moment is a form of surrender. And it looks to me, you, you said, I know I can do more with my life regarding career finances and helping others. It looks to me that that is actually maybe one thing for you that your career involves helping others and in helping others, you want to pay your bills. And so that's awesome. (laughs) You can really lead with that. And so when you surrender to the moment, you can really start asking yourself, and what can I do to help others in this moment? Like, what is it going to be for you? Is it going to be you're creating a product? Is it going to be you're writing a newsletter? Is it going to be... um, You're making sure, you know, to sit down and pay your bills so you can keep the lights on so you can be present to other people. Is it going to be you're taking self-care time for yourself so you can be present to other people? Is it going to be hopping on social media and answering people's questions, offering support, offering love? And so ambition 
becomes a present moment thing. How can I serve in the moment? How can I be here now? I'm surrendered to the moment. And how can I serve right here from the seat of this moment, from this moment now? And you just keep serving from that place again and again and again and again. And you let it unfold into your bigger, higher ambitions. And so surrender and balance as balance, surrender and ambition. I initially said there's a balance between them, but they actually, they're two parts of the same whole in that regard. They work together when you start thinking about it that way. So keep surrendering to the present moment. Keep asking, how can I serve? And the bigger picture of how can I serve is obviously you have to take care of yourself. That's part of that. <laughs> that, that fits in. Um, and again, maybe look at career finances and helping others as like one big picture idea. So you don't feel so overwhelmed by those three different things. That's, that's how I would do it. Question. Can you give some tips on self forgiveness. I beat myself up a lot for making the wrong choice, even if intellectually I know that beating myself up doesn't help. How have you been able to forgive yourself for making mistakes? It is true. Like you can know something intellectually. You can read all the books. You can watch all the videos. You can totally get it. But it's really different in practice. And practice is the key word here. You just have to keep forgiving yourself. And what does that look like? What does it mean to forgive yourself? Is it as simple as saying, I forgive myself? Yeah, kind of. Uh, it's, it's a practice. So every time you feel a thought coming up, you practice an affirmation. An affirmation that worked for me was I lovingly forgive and release all the past and I would pair it with an action. So that was when I did a lot with dry brushing. <laughs> I was like dry brushing the past away and forgiving myself. Uh, you can like, again, put your hand on your heart and say, I lovingly forgive and release all of the past. I forgive myself. I forgive myself. I let this go. I forgive myself. There are deeper, longer processes that you can go through, like writing letters to yourself, getting to a place where you're like crying and releasing energetically. There are, are certain healing modalities, like hands-on healing that you can go to like release if you're like holding a lot of self, uh, a lot of like self-blame and guilt uh, it sounds to me like what you're beating yourself up on is you said for making the wrong choice. It sounds like maybe you're being a little bit of a bully in your own mind, like you're bullying yourself around and that maybe somebody did that. Somebody put that program in place. So you might want to trace that back to, well, who is the person that originally was doing this to me and start working it into that as well. Like I forgive my mom, and I forgive myself. We're, you know, we're doing the best we can. I chose that then and now I choose this. In not forgiving yourself and not letting it go, you're bringing it in to your future with you and you're letting that shape who you are and how you approach things and how you make choices. So you can always choose again. You can always choose a new way of doing something so if there's a voice in your head that's being a bully, you can even like if you've done all the affirmations, you've done the forgiveness work, you maybe you're just judging yourself and being a bully and you can just say, you know what, I forgave myself for that already. I let that go. I'm choosing differently now. I'm choosing a different thought. I'm choosing to love myself now. And that's it. Like something very, very simple, uh, I've mentioned this a couple of times because it's an interesting book. Gabrielle Bernstein released a book called The Judgment Detox. You might enjoy that. I don't know. Um, but it sounds like in a you know, you want to forgive yourself, but also if there's that judge inside that's kind of like bullying you and being critical and judging you for making wrong choices, it's like maybe that needs some attention too. 
and that needs some healing. So that's kind of just what I get from looking at your question there. I hope that's helpful. Uh, I see the time. It's uh, ticking, and I'd like to get this up by noon, so I'm going a little bit quickly here. Uh, what? How many questions do I have? Three more questions. I also, somebody today posted a comment on my blog about, like, I think it's awesome. The the studio headphones sponsorship thing is really cool. Um. Hopefully, basically in the nicest way, it was like, and now hopefully you can get rid of those crappy blog talk radio commercials. Unfortunately, I cannot. I agree with you. They're annoying. I They didn't used to do that. I actually pay to use blog talk radio, so I don't appreciate that they tack those commercials on um, once it goes up on iTunes, but that is out of my hands. I don't know why they do that, so I'm sorry. If the commercials bug you, they bug me too. <laughs> we must forgive and release the Blog Talk Radio commercials. <laughs> yeah, that person was not being rude at all, by the way. It was like, if you can't get rid of them, that's fine. Everything's cool. Everything's awesome. So I appreciate you mentioning that, and I wish I could get rid of them, but I cannot. And already a bunch of you have written me that you want the pretty headphones, so I'm excited. This this contest is going off. Somebody is getting a pair of free studio headphones. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to check to see if they've shipped them already because they're shipping them to me and then I'm shipping them to you. So I may announce the winner this weekend, depending on what that situation is. Okay. So anyway, let's get back to business here. Three questions. How can I incorporate magic or law of attraction principles in my life right now when I currently have been feeling stagnant and trapped by work and financial circumstances in order to create change that resonates with my inner being's desires. Hmm. So you feel trapped and stagnant. That's a great reason to, to start working with law of attraction or magic. <laughs> That's why a lot of us get into it. And really this just echoes back to other things parts of this podcast episode in which I'm talking about like your place of power is in the present moment and and you only feel stagnant or trapped when you are projecting yourself like into the future like where you should be so coming back into the present moment is your place of power and it's the only it's the only thing you have it's the only time you have the past doesn't exist the future doesn't exist I mean, it does in your mind as ways to torture yourself, <laughs> but if you're looking to actually get to a calm, centered place where you can make some quality choices and decisions and, and take action from that place, it's going to be in the now moment. And then you want to ask yourself, like, what could I do right now? Like, what is the opposite of trapped? It's going to be free, right? Free and in the flow. You talked about being stagnant and trapped. So maybe just keep coming back to the present moment in whichever way works for you. Put your hand on your chest, use a mudra, do a little meditation, whatever works for you. Touch a special ring that you, that you keep on your hand that helps you come back to the present moment, something like that. And then just ask, what is one thing that I can do right now to feel free and in the flow. And then do that thing. <laughs> do that thing. Whatever it is. Uh, put on some music. Move your body. Dance. Write a poem. I don't know what it is for you because you didn't get into that. But you talked about work and financial circumstances. So maybe for you it's going to be like, what can I do right now to feel free and in the flow financially? free and in the flow financially. What would that look like right now in this moment? I don't know what that is for you because I don't know what your career is or what your financial situation is other than you feel trapped or free or trapped or stagnant. So maybe for you, it's like, well, I'm just going to take this $5 I have in my wallet and I'm going to set it aside to, to pay off this credit card debt. And I'm not going to use, I'm not going to charge anything on my credit card or I'm going to start my escape plan because I don't want to be in this shitty job anymore. I want to start my own career. So, um, maybe instead of having Starbucks 
on your lunch break, you take that money and you start your escape plan fund and you make it fun for yourself. You know, maybe you fill up a little jar with that money and at the end of the month you take it to the bank and, you know, like you do little things that feel playful and exciting. It's fun to have like a little secret like that, like, ooh, this is my escape plan. It makes you feel free. Like, think about those prisoners <laughs> that we see in cartoons and movies and, uh, They can spend years like working on their secret escape plan. And there's some like joy and freedom in that as they're like marking down on the wall, like as the days are ticking by and they're hiding the little tools under the bed that they're going to use to escape. And there's little things you can do to play tricks on yourself that way while you literally are liberating yourself, like you're paying off your debt or you are escaping a job that you don't love. Maybe you just need a little fund a little cushion so you can find a different job that creates a greater sense of freedom. Like maybe think about your work that you're doing. You feel trapped by work. Like what is it about it that's making you feel trapped? Is there a way you can reframe that in your mind and really connect to the freedom of having a regular paycheck? Is there a way to get into gratitude with it? Or is the work itself giving you that stagnant, suffocated feeling. And so then maybe you need to work on your secret escape plan (laughs) and putting a little bit of fun into it that way. It might just be like you need to mix it up and and mix up your work in different ways. And again, this is hard to talk about because I don't know what your work is and what the parameters of it are. Um, But maybe just like spoof up your audience, spiff up your audience. Spoof up your audience. What am I talking about? Really, the sentence in my head was spiff up your office and spoof up your audience wanted to come (laughs) out of my mouth. Spiff up your audience, like start dressing in a different way. Start meeting a friend for lunch, like see if you can play around to start creating feelings of freedom like right, right now in the moment. Okay, this is a huge question. This is ironic. This is a question... (laughs) This is a question about clutter, basically, and it's a huge paragraph. So I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like the paragraph is symbolic of the question. Here's the question. How can I reconcile my love of stuff with my desire to pare down and minimize? I am a doll collector and have almost a whole room dedicated to my collection. And whenever I think about minimalism, I realize my collection seems to stand in stark contrast to that idea. I have a lot of clutter in my house that needs to go, but instead of approaching it in a practical way, my brain decides to overanalyze what it means to be a minimalist and starts making me feel weird about my collection. I need to strike a balance, and that's hard for me because my mind always wants to go to an all-or-nothing route. Okay, this... This is a long, I'm going to stop there because this is very long and I think we have the essence of the question. <laughs> um, first of all, why minimalism? I, I, if you're not a min- minimalist, why do you need to shoehorn yourself into that label? I highly, if you have not checked it out, recommend Marie Kondo's book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. She's the first person that talks about decluttering that I've come across. She was the first person I ever came across that was like, have as much stuff as you want. Have as much stuff as you want. This isn't about minimalism. This is about organizing and being tidy and making sure that every single thing you own sparks joy. So you go through all your stuff and you ask, does it spark joy? That is my other big question this year, and I've been asking it of every single thing in my life, not just the stuff decluttering my house, but like every little thing I have to do or I plan to do, every relationship, everything. Does it spark joy? It's the gift that keeps on giving. Oh, there goes the tree trimmers. (laughs) It's the question. It's the question that keeps answering itself. Like the more you ask it, it just keeps unfolding and unfolding. Uh, maybe the dolls, maybe the dolls aren't your thing anymore. Maybe you enjoyed collecting them and now they're, they feel burdensome to you in some way. I have no idea. Or maybe they just give you so much joy every single time you look at them and that is okay. So I would go back and really contemplate the word minimalism. Like why? <laughs> why minimalism? That is, that is a pretty hardcore 
strict way to live that really speaks to some people. Some people really, really thrive in that environment and they really enjoy that process of like paring their life down to less and less and less. And some people feel very threatened by it or not even threatened, just uncomfortable. Like I'm not enjoying this. This isn't fun. So maybe look into concepts like HUGA, which is spelled H-Y-G-G-E. Check out Marie Kondo's book and maybe love yourself up a little bit and be like, you know what? Maybe I'm just, I just really, really love this doll collection. And, um, You said there's stuff in your life that needs to go. Well, then let that stuff go. If it doesn't spark joy, let it go. Get rid of it. Start creating space. Something happens when you start releasing things. Like you start small with things you're not super attached to. Those things you're like, this needs to go. And then like at the end of it, you're like coming around to things that you thought you enjoyed and you're like, actually, that doesn't really spark joy. I have to dust it all the time. It really represents a different time in my life and I'm just kind of hanging on to it because I spent so much money on it and so much effort and I made such a big deal about it and everybody thinks I'm the doll collector and like, I but it's just not doing anything for me right now. And then you end up getting rid of the doll collection. You never know. I'm not trying to freak you out by saying that. (laughs) I'm just using that as an example. Like start with the stuff that you know needs to go and then just stay on the journey and just keep asking that question. Does this spark joy? And really just get the word minimalism out of your head for now. Maybe one day you will find in getting into decluttering and the life-changing magic of tidying up, maybe one day you'll find yourself leaning more toward being a minimalist. But again, like why put that on yourself right now when you have a lot of stuff and you have so much stuff, you have one room dedicated to your dolls. You know, it's like going from that to minimalism seems like just a special way to torture yourself and make your life hell when there's a more self-loving way to go about it. So that would be my recommendation to you. Start with what you feel needs to go. Maybe pick up a copy of that book. I really like the audio book of The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up because you can listen to it while you are tidying up. That's what I did. I've listened to it a number of times. I enjoy just listening to it while while I'm following its directions. <laughs> so, uh Yeah. That, that's my recommendation. We're to the last question here. As the tree trimmers get closer and noon gets closer, let's wrap this sucker up. I am always very leery of doing spells or manifesting thoughts since it is believed that it will be threefold. Oh, yes. When you look at the spell books, most have a negative connotation toward the person or situation. Why are they written that way when it's known that it will return to you threefold. It just stre- <laughs> it just stresses me to try any of them. Thanks. And then it's signed a goody two-shoes witch, <laughs> which cracked me up. I like to call myself Pollyanna Joanna, Miss Goody Two-Shoes Witch. <laughs> or Miss, I don't know if you're, you're a man or a woman, so pardon me. <laughs> the Goody Two-Shoes Witch. So here's my short answer. I don't believe in the threefold rule. I don't believe in the threefold law. Lots and lots of people don't believe in the threefold law. That is a Wiccan thing. Uh, And so I don't believe in it. A lot of people do. A lot of people don't. I believe in choosing our beliefs on purpose. Does it serve me or is it creating fear? It sounds like in your case, it's creating fear. And I actually believe that the threefold law was created for that purpose. It, it is a little piece of dogma. I think Wicca is really beautiful, but I think that's a little piece of dogma that was thrown in there to control people, to keep them responsible, to make sure that they don't harm other people. Uh, to It was probably a well-intentioned bit of fear-mongering. And um, I do believe in cause and effect, on the physical plane and cause and effect in the energetic plane. I just don't subscribe to the belief that it's coming back to me threefold. It could be tenfold or it could be onefold. It could be an exact match. Uh, It just depends on the energy and the situation and any number of things, I would say. Uh, I will... 
I will say in regards to like hexing or cursing somebody, I don't do things like that because I believe that to do something like that, you have to get in alignment with that energy. And so you're calling it upon yourself just as much as you're calling it on the other person. If you're going to like pick up that stick, it's going to affect both people on the end of the stick. And that just doesn't interest me. Uh, If I'm not into somebody (laughs) or somebody is threatening me in some way, I'm more into protection magic and shielding and things like that. I don't focus my energy on harming other people. Uh, In terms of doing spells to bring beautiful, loving things into your life, I believe like attracts like. And so that's all good. (laughs) I I don't believe that is harming anyone anyone. It's only harmful if you're trying to manipulate someone against their will. You know, if you're trying to like get a particular partner and they already have a boyfriend or a girlfriend and you're trying to like lure them away like that, that's immature. (laughs) That that, that is that to me, I don't, I don't know. Uh, A lot of people will say, You should never, like, if you want to manifest a love relationship, you should never focus on a specific person and do a love spell to make that specific person love you. You want to do a spell, maybe that a person that gives you that same feeling loves you. You know, stuff like that. Or you're open to receiving love. I think, (coughs) excuse me. <clears throat> Dang, I almost made it through the whole episode without <laughs> coughing. I still have a lingering cough here. There's just a lot of fear-mongering in all religions and philosophies and things like that. So do what feels good to you and 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 trust that if you're coming from a loving place, um, that it's going to produce a loving result. And also the more joy and beauty and love you create in the world, that's contagious. That's inspiring to other people. So maybe in that way, the threefold law applies. If you're creating love, if you're being love, if you're being light, if you're being joyful, it's contagious. But why stop at three? Like that can spread like wildfire. (laughs) Like if you're uplifting one person's day, they might go out in the world and uplift someone else's day. And that can just go infinitely. The same is true of like trying to punish someone or make somebody feel like shit. So I guess you can get philosophical and look at it that way. It's like a ripple effect. Like what you put out into the world has a ripple effect. But if your intentions are are good and you have a certain level of spiritual maturity, if you're a goody two-shoes witch <laughs> or Pollyanna Joanna and you really are just looking to create more love in the world, that's not something I would worry about. And if you are in a fear space, don't cast a spell. Don't ever do magic from a place of fear uh, because, again, like attracts like. Like, wait until you're in a loving, open, content space and then maybe work your magic from there. So that's all I got for you today, people. Uh, I am going to offer a special discount um, in my newsletter to those of you who are subscribed to my newsletter, a little, uh, pre-order discount for those of you who are interested in shadow love. And we'll just see how this week's week goes. We'll just see how it goes and say shadow love is going to come out sometime next week, probably around the 22nd and that it will be pre-launching tomorrow on Valentine's day. I hope you all have a very self-loving Valentine's Day. Love your friends. Love your kids. Love your parents. Love all your peeps and love yourself. Much love to you. Peace.